The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. To a brand new episode of Back When. We are now at episode eight. I'm Tyler. He's Scottish Danny. Thank you for joining us for another exciting edition. Last time we recapped the Time Cop spinoff series. Danny, if people have listened to our previous episodes, meaning back when we've reviewed some music before Judas Priest, uh, monumental album titled British Steel and Quiet Riots, unbelievable album called Metal health, music talk remains strong here. Danny, how are you doing? And our topic's going to be all things Dream Theater, at least the album images and words. But first of all, first off, how are you, my friend? I'm really well, thank you, mate. How's yourself? I'm, I'm doing well. Can't complain. Uh, I'm glad we are finally back. It's hard to believe that we are at episode eight. Uh, what do you think? What's your impressions when I said, hey, we need to go listen and review Dream Theater, uh, specifically the album from 1992 titled Images and Words? That's why I have to repeat myself, because it's important to uh, make sure people understand what we are having the conversation about. Yeah, yeah, I was just blown away because um, I'd never heard of um dream theater or anything like that so um i listened to this album a couple of times and and then i listened to it today um just walking around the garden and i was just like yeah man this is a band i need to get into um yeah yeah just very good stuff certainly i mean it's a band that even if you're not a hardcore supporter you can't help but admire and respect the level of musicians these guys are when uh mentioning dream theater whether it's the vocals, whether it's the bass, the guitar, the drums, the keyboards, you could say synthesizers, all mm. of the above. It's just wonderful. It, it blows your mind. It, it really does. You, you feel like you went to a different planet of, uh, are these guys even human? I mean, they're that talented and educated as far as music is uh, concerned. I, I wanted to tell you, Danny, and I'm sure I know you've done your homework. You always do such uh a masterful job at research. The release date for this was July 7th, 1992. They recorded images and words when talking dream theater at bear track studios in New York and the hit factory in New York city. Did you know any of that? No, no. Um, I, I do know it was recorded in 1991, wasn't it? Yeah, it actually was recorded in 1991. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it was through yeah. October through December, actually, yeah. the production. It may have been even lengthier, but a hey, great observation. Yeah, 1991 is actually when they first started recording images and words. Yeah, and then they uh, took seven months to... Uh, release it they did see folks that's why i love having danny on here because whether he's hosting it or just bouncing off me with q a and we're always having just a terrific discussion about whether it's films it's tv series it's music yeah. like what we're mentioning now it's just always fun because I, I feel like it's neat to see what the other finds out 
isn't it, Danny? I mean, I mean it, it really is uh, just interesting to see what we come up with. Yeah, and we've got a lot more things planned. Um, yeah, it should be really yeah, cool. But be- Yeah, but going back to Dream Theater, I've got to ask you, now their style has been categorized as progressive metal uh, and everything. So pretty neat. That, that became a, a subgenre, if you will. But Danny, first of all, what are your impressions upon hearing Dream Theater? Especially this CD. I know we kind of touched on it, but we're going to go deeper into it a little bit. I mean, when you first heard it, you talked about walking through the garden. And we're not talking just slow songs and everything. We're talking, it's, it's got the hard rock edge. But yeah. what's neat about Dream Theater, they can also add some jazz, uh, kind of a, a ballad. I mean, they, they're they very versatile. It's yeah. not just that I know they're categorized as this progressive metal, but they, they go much uh, deeper than that. Yeah, well said, mate. Um, I found Takes the Time, um, the song, that was the most uh, slowest song of this album. It it was. I mean, yeah, probably the slowest. Hey, what's your feelings about Pull Me Under? I mean, think about lyrically the message. It's almost like they're not afraid of fate. If you see the video, it's bizarre, but the song is just jamming. Yeah, yeah, that's something I'm going to be checking out, the video. Yeah, hey, they, they actually were doing videos. You know, MTV had already been out in the 80s. I think, believe it or not, this video for Pull Me Under, actually, it's funny you mentioned video. It actually got some play on television, courtesy of MTV, mm-hmm. from uh, some of the research I, I tried to compile yeah. before coming on and joining you. And uh, so that that's pretty cool. What a great segue. See, that's why we make a, a great team. I, I don't mean to seem like I'm bragging, but it's all credit to Danny. It's it's just no. that, that's what's neat about this experiments, uh, this experience and experiment. Both words can correlate there when doing back when. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, right. I would agree. But yeah, just getting back to the album. Um, yeah, I, I was quite shocked to hear that they only had eight tracks on this. But as you said, um, they had released another album just before this, so they were doing quite a lot, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Oh, they think about it, Danny. A lot of people just think, oh, they they started in the nineties. That's not true. Actually, they yeah. were back in the eighties. Actually, the band was known as Majesty back in nineteen eighty five. John Petrucci. Mm-hmm was the guitar player and the bass player was John Myung and the drummer was Mike Portnoy. They attended Berkeley College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts. James Labrie was not actually the original singer. Chris Collins would be their first lead vocalist. Then Charlie Dominici would be the other one. And then Labrie, but to be fair, Labrie was kind of the guy I always knew was doing the lead vocals, handling that yeah. for the band. So it was pretty neat to know they had other lead vocalists. They even were performing as far back as 85, because I only thought of Dream Theater really being a thing till the early 1990s. Ah, uh, so would you say they hit their big time in uh, the 90s? Well, I think it's safe to say that's where people were starting to follow them yeah. uh, more heavenly. Or heavily, let me say that word. They they were getting uh, more of popularity and exposure. I think it's safe to yeah. say with this kind of album images and words. Not to say or take anything away from their prior contributions when under Majesty, but when they became Dream Theater, it was like a whole other animal. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds it. <laughs> no, it was, uh, and also too uh, another thing too. How did you feel about the vocals of James Labrie?
fantastic. Um, yeah, something that I was saying before, it's just something you've never really heard of this before. So, yeah, yeah, it was really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think he's got such a unique tone and yeah. another guy that, you know, it's not just screaming, it's a controlled kind of singing, but it, it's the way that he can do it and pull it off that yeah. it's just something uh, out of this world. It's very special. It, it's an attribute that not many singers have even some of the great singers we've even uh, referenced on this program they're all unique in their own way and i, th I think labrie falls under that same category yeah absolutely i mean i just want to see more uh, hear more of his work yeah he's got a lot of solo work that i need to go and check out because to be honest i've only heard mainly his dream theater stuff but but from what i understand and gather he's done a lot as far as or at least maybe have a he has a few solo albums part of me but you know we'll get into the, these tracks i think john petrucci one of the greatest guitar players ever. What did you think about his guitar playing on this album? I mean, he, he mixes it well with Portnoy's masterful drum rhythms. Kevin yeah. Moore was a keyboardist in this era with the impressive synth sounds via his keyboard. And of course, we talked about just how beautiful and powerful of a vocalist Labrie is. What did you think about the different climaxes that go into monster jam sessions? I mean, you and it could go to a ballad. We talked about a kind of a jazz appeal in Another Day. Yeah. Another Day is one of my favorite tracks off this album. Yeah. Oh, that was so good to hear as well. That's one I kept um, rewinding was another day because, yeah, that, that one it wasn't my favourite song on the album because that was, um, as I was saying earlier, that was um, Take The Time. But it, it would be time. a close second. Yeah, it would be a close second. Yeah, and, well, and it's hard because they're all different. Even yeah. though they're they're progressive metal, there's so much... Uh, as far as their musicality, it it weighs it outweighs. Part of me, that's the word I was looking for. It outweighs just that they're progressive metal. These guys went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. I mean, they're they're the kind of musicians that could play anything. They just happen yeah. to have an affinity for I think the hard rock style. But they played anything from Journey, Genesis. They've covered it and done just an amazing job. Uh, you know, song. One of the songs that I liked was Metropolis Part 1, The Miracle and the Sleeper. I yeah. thought those intricate changes in tempo and time proved tastefully complicated. I mean, this is very difficult pieces of music to try to even learn and play, even if you're a good musician. Yeah, yeah, very well said. I mean, this this must have taken a lot of um, time and effort and uh, just, just skill, really, and talent. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it took 
no doubt some skill took time it, it took but even those guys still practice that that's the thing it, it's so neat to hear uh these wonderful musicians of this caliber saying hey you, you still got to practice we we still got to polish our craft like you were mentioning danny and also in 2017 here's another fun fact rolling stone magazine yeah. put images and words 95th on their 100 greatest metal albums of all time list Wow, that is actually quite big accolades, isn't it? Yeah, it is. If if you're making Rolling Stone, I mean, no matter what your opinion of them is, that is a just a huge, popular, and uh, very well recognized publication. uh, You know, as far as music is concerned. Yeah, it is. And you think about that of 100 greatest um, of all time. That's amazing. If you think about how many songs have been released, how many bands have, have been made to be on that top 100 is quite the accomplishment. Oh, it, it's such an achievement. Yeah. And like you, if you had heard of Dream Theater before, here, here's a good question for you, Danny. How would, mm. how would one describe Dream Theater to someone who hasn't heard of them before? How would you depict dream theater to somebody else you know recommend this band to another person i was thinking about this earlier i was thinking hmm, let me think i would say enchanting because when you uh put on the uh, album on youtube or if you have this on cd or wherever um you're just drawn into it you're just like oh man i want to hear the next song but it's nothing like the first song or the next song after that so yeah enchanting i would say yeah, that, that's a great word. Perfect. Enchanting. It was, uh, you, you can't get enough of something about it attracts yeah. you. It, you just can't get enough of the music, not yeah. just how they're playing, the singing. I mean, all of it's a, a well unit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what got you into Dream Theater? Uh, my uncle. My uncle was kind of oh. into like Rush and those bands. He was also into Kiss uh, and Judas Priest. And I, I just had certain family members or friends that were like, yeah, you got to check these guys out, this band and, and Dream Theater uh, fit the bill. That, that's how I, yeah. I became aware of them. And uh, we talked about another day. That's one of my favorites as well. Every song conjures up various emotional reactions, whether you enjoy, yeah. like we said, metal, classic rock, even pop like jazz sounds. I mean, these gentlemen deliver that plus more i mean it, they they oh, really yeah. do it's hard yeah. to even put into words actually but i, yeah. I love the harder driven musical numbers speaking of another day and and stuff that contain lyrical signatures relating to both instruments and vocals that equal superb arrangements i mean yeah. i think that's true yeah it's very very true man it's, i mean it's just what else can you say <laughs> Yeah, there's not much to add. Uh, speaking of that, John Petrucci, the guitar solo on Another Day, Jay Beckenstein, who's a great jazz uh, saxophone player. He performs the soprano sax solo there, and that's one of my favorite. It's integral to have that sax with a guitar. Oh, my gosh, what a tag team. Yeah, yeah, they very, very gel well together. Yeah, it's cohesive. Uh, yeah. Like you said, take the time. You've already mentioned it. What I liked about it too, Danny, it spotlighted a classical top piano lick. If if you really listened in, yeah, yeah it really did. Yeah, that's why it's my favorite um, track on the um, album because it is very very cool. Because they they respect classical. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that train classically also. So you you get a, that dimension inserted into the Dream Theater 
next year. And the, yeah. the total record time left was 57 minutes and four seconds, even though it didn't have as many tracks, it still went about an hour. I mean, yeah. so that, that was amazing because anymore, some of their songs would go about 30 minutes or more. I mean, as much as I like Dream Theater, <laughs> you had to be uh, buckled up and ready for the ride. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, that that's what one thing I um, noticed immediately. It was like, okay, I'm going to what I'm going to listen to this on YouTube, but I'm going to it's going to take a while, but it'll be worth it because here we are talking about it now. Yeah, we are. And hey, songs on the U.S. Billboard Hot Mainstream uh, Rock Charts included Pull Me Under at number 10 and Take the Time, your favorite, at 29. Yeah. And in 1993, Another Day at 22. So even after wow. 92, Another Day was getting some love. Wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, track six, Under a Glass Moon, the... Uh, the finger picking goodness, and it's not KFC, but guitar playing of John <laughs> Petrucci was just incredible on guitar and Kevin Moore back on keyboards. What yeah. can you say? All of them were great, but I'd like kind of it depending on the song, each one of them or maybe two guys would have certain solos or just intricacies that you, you couldn't help but notice and compliment. Yeah, that's so true, mate. Very well said. And I, what I love about this band as well is, um, they were very, 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 like, just going forward and forward, they would just release, it seemed like an album every single year, or even two sometimes. Oh, oh it did, because I think in 1984, it's Awake. And that, yeah. I mean, that's another yeah. good one. That's another classic. So, you're right. I mean, about every year, every other one, yeah. I mean, Dream Theater was working on some kind of project. They were staying busy, remaining yeah. that way, it seemed. Uh, you know, Surrounded had sad yet poignant vibes, or so we thought, and then it grabs the listener musically and lyrically both and goes back mm -hmm. as they began this composition. Uh, Surrounded was another one that you think, oh, it's going to be a ballad, then it just picks up, and it kind of, it's yeah. not really fast, but it's enough of a tempo that you just, you're you're in a trance. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of putting it, mate, is like, you're putting this uh, song on and you're just ready to relax, but then they just jump up and then it just, um, it's like, you, yeah, you're getting ready to do other, other things. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's a wake-up call. And uh, what do you think, Danny, of Wait for Sleep? Standing by the window Eyes upon the Spirit soon. She shuts the doors and lights and lays a body on the bed. Her images and words are running deep. She has too much pride to pull the sheets above her head. So quietly she lays and waits for sleep. She stares at the ceiling and tries not to think. I liked it as well. Um, really, sounds really interesting. But um, to me, it's just this album's just other than the first two tracks uh, we we talked about quite heavily. Um, there's nothing I would really go back and listen to um, again, but except uh, the first two tracks that we were talking about. Yeah, and I, I respect you for it. That, that's what's great about having this kind of uh, discussion. And I, but to be honest, from, from my side of things, learning to live memorized me. I mean, it was me mesmerizing yeah. would be the word pertaining to the bass, locking in alongside those drum patterns with Portnoy and 
and Myung carrying this all throughout the song. So, you know, for me, there there was others I could go back and listen yeah. to. But you're right. Most albums, the two or three hit songs, most fans, even the hardcores are going to point to those. So, hey, I, I respect it. I, I get where you're coming from. Now, the current lineup consists of Jordan Rudis on keyboards and drummer Mike Mancini, who played with Steve I after Portnoy the parted in 2010 so really the only two original members of the band are are myung and uh Patrici. yeah yeah that's, um, that's yeah. pretty uh, as well yeah yeah so that and every band goes through their lineup changes but i, I had yeah. to kind of point that out and and we'll definitely could go more in depth with this conversation but derek sharinian uh replaced keyboardist kevin moore following three albums in 1995 before rudis even joined and I, I believe jordan rudis and maybe the others were classically trained i know rudis was i wouldn't be surprised if the others were also or as well i mean they're just all even the replacements are just as good it, it's a yeah. it's um amazing it's hard to find the words i'm i'm struggling here forgive me but no, no, it's no. Uh, you, you said it really well there is like um every band goes through um every long-standing band goes through a lot of changes and um yeah this is certainly no exception uh no not at all uh, I mean, what are other thoughts, I mean, about images and words or dream theater overall? Yeah, I, I really like the cover art of it, the CD. Um, that really stuck out to me because it's like it's very unique. Um, yeah, the color scheme, everything like that is really, really good. Yeah, you're talking about the girl that's kind of in her bedroom and it's got that yeah. dream theater emblem. Every band kind of has the iconic signature, not only with yes. their music, but their album art or cover like you're you're yeah. aforementioning and also the the fire with the heart around it looks like there's barbed wire or some kind of string which was really cool yeah uh, yeah um, and that's a, a thing that uh would continue in their other albums because if you have a look at the albums that they've released um everyone seems to be quite very interesting um artwork on the cover and i really like that Oh, they do. And, and another fact, too, Danny, I, I glossed over, I believe, and maybe I didn't. You can help me and correct me. Yeah. Did anyone realize that the producer, David Crater, and the band clashed during production regarding the album? No. Yeah, apparently it, it was not smooth selling. One infamous incident entailed causing drummer Mike Portnoy to having to use triggered snare and bass drum samples as a result of this uh apparent clashing so uh, yeah. just because they're good producers and they eventually did probably get along afterwards uh we we've heard of this it's it's not a new thing that certain producers no matter how talented with an equally or superb band uh sometimes don't see eye to eye you know there's different no. concepts i mean it's part of human nature it's bound to happen yeah oh yeah it's bound to, definitely mate definitely but just um just wondering uh what um would you recommend this album to everyone? I would recommend this album just because if, if you're a musician, if you're not a yeah. musician, you just appreciate people that can play that well and have come from an educational background. You can learn so much, even in the basics, the dynamics, just like with singing, whether you're talking the vocalist with Labrie, whether you're talking Portnoy, you're talking Petrucci, you're talking Young, you're yeah. talking... Uh, Kevin Moore during, was playing keyboards, so out of respect, I'm going to talk about him. But even with Rudis now, you can look at the 
the different lineup changes and you're just blown away. These guys are specialists. They're that good. I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean, Danny can no. tell you, these guys are just terrifically talented. Yeah, 100%, mate. I mean, especially for someone like me who's never heard of these before um, you suggested them. I was like, yeah, let me just have a... So I've listened to this three times now. And yeah, I would... I would. If, this album's not my... Not the one for me, but apart from those two songs, but I would um, definitely check out some of their albums. I want to see how good these guys got in the 2000s or in, even in the 2010s. Oh, they, they did it. That's the scary thing. They were already great, and they, it just seemed yeah. like they got better and better. I mean, I yeah. mean that—that's the uh, the thing about it that astonishes so many people. Not that they weren't good before, but it just seemed like there was a climax, just like the oh, song, yeah. their songs built. Uh, yeah. And another thing, recommending, like you said, their music—it's enchanting. You never know what you're going to get. It surprises you. It kind of takes yeah. you for a ride because uh, rolling your inner rock star like you would with a Judas Priest album, I'm laughing because yeah. it's true. And with uh, Quiet Ride, all these bands, it's—it's just—it's uh, hard to describe. It's just. Uh, Mesmerizing would be another one that I use. Fascinating, all those words would suffice because yeah. these guys are the real deal. I mean, when you hear them, you're like, whether you're a big fan or not, you can't help but appreciate their contributions and what they're able to do. Oh yeah, big time, mate, big time. So I was just going to say, maybe um, when we sit down uh, together, at, well, in the future, we can go over a couple of um, of these albums because um, they are really interesting. And um, I was just scanning through like oh, what. Can't. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool to uh, go through some in the future with you. I, I think it would be just an awesome time, Danny. I've, I've had fun going through this album, yeah. Images and Words. Uh, we, we do our homework, and still there's so much more left. You know, yeah. whether it's Unknown Facts, uh, whether what songs charted, or there's always going to be documentaries on YouTube, I'm yeah. sure, or you read about it uh, that people covered it. In more detail, so it's really amazing when you stop and think about it, and and do uh, the preparation uh, for any kind of program, whether it's a podcast, you're on radio. Uh, I don't care what it is; it's just you only uh, get to uh, what's the saying that the tip of the iceberg with these things sometimes. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we're we're talking about this, um, but we really encourage people to go and listen to the album because it is really cool. Oh, it is very uh, spectacular. So I would recommend it, highly recommend it. I'll even back up to anyone who has not heard of Dream Theater. Maybe you are a Dream Theater fan and have not listened to this album, which I find hard to believe. If you are, you haven't checked this one out yet. But just in case. And, uh, you know, I, is there anything else, Danny? Because uh, uh, I went through most of what I had, but we, we can open it up further. Or if not, uh, not, not I'm just going to leave it up to you. Yeah, not really, because uh, I think we've discussed this um, quite a bit, and I was just going to say, um, I would definitely recommend someone who's never heard of these um, this band before to go and listen to them, because that's what I did, and now I want to see, uh, now I want to hear more from them. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, may, it makes you just want to hear more songs. And uh, hey, great minds think alike. Because I was actually listening to some of the tracks from Images and Words myself, like you were before. Uh, we started recording, so it's kind of funny how that works. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. <laughs> Trying to get a uh, refresher course, if you will. But yeah, hey, before we get out of here, uh, Danny, let's do some plugs. Plug what you're doing. 
Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. You can hear me on One Man's Meat Podcast with the great Chris Bellis. You can hear me here with the great Ty Peters next time we sit down to record. And you can hear me on Nitro Nights with the great Cy Powell. Yeah, and hey, I'm also on this show back when, like Danny said, so the great Danny... The uh, great Scottish Danny himself, uh, all the uh, wonderful gimmicks. I'm also joined Benny Mac sometimes on In the Corner, so go check out his show. It's also part of SGP World Media, that network. Also, I'm uh, on the uh, Rewind Wrestling Radio podcast whenever we go get back to doing our thing. I'm also on Standing Strong with Waylon Mars. Uh, the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast, we're covering the attitude years of WWF, pre-WWE, and also on WrestleBuddy.com, where I do some articles and also part of the weekly report so far. So go check that out. But more importantly, I'm just glad we were able to do another episode of Back When, Danny. Oh, yeah, me too, mate. I mean, yeah, definitely got to do one soon. Um we, I will, what we'll do, we'll have a discussion off air and we'll uh, come up with something else. But yeah, in the future, we will definitely go back to Dream Theatre. Yes, we will. And uh, Danny, this has been Back When. We have discussed Dream Theatre's Images and Words, the album from 1992. Yeah. And until the next time, we are signing off saying goodbye and we'll talk to you all soon. Take care.